Welcome back to your Daily Dose. I'm Bob Codges. Today, Nick and I dig into the world of culture and cultural appropriation. We talk about non-Greek actors playing Greek roles, and we both recall stories of when we were called upon to change our approach because the past that we were on collided with cultures that were not our own. Fun stuff. Enjoy. My son comes into the oh. room. Yeah, I'm putting my hands yeah. in the air, so I'm half stretching, and I realize I'm not gesticulating enough when I'm talking. <laughs> I need that exercise. I need to burn those calories. I'm very gesticular. Uh, son comes in the room, 16 years old, mm-hmm. wants something, is just not rude, but has that attitude of a teenager. Yeah, it's all about them. And then leaves. And I just want to like, there's just this juju in the room now. This this mm. teenage stink. <laughs> not an actual smell. It's a mental wanna, smell. <laughs> I want to clear the room out. Yeah. So the first thing I thought of, and now I'm on, this is obviously going to be a bad business idea, is Febreze, but for teens or some sort of candle that will get rid of that that teen stink. <laughs> but the first thing I thought of were, uh, have you heard of smudge sticks or sage sticks? Uh, of saging a room? Oh, you know, it's something I have heard a little bit, but tell me about them. It's a little bit like incense. And what happens is you uh, put the sage together, you dry it out, and then you can burn it and it's mm. slow burn like tobacco. I love the smell of sage. Uh, and it's supposed to be cleansing for your house. So I talked to somebody, it was funny, I talked to somebody over at a local thrift store. And I kind of jokingly asked, like, how do you make sure that it's not haunted when you get something in? <laughs> and total, totally serious. They were like, oh, we use sage. We sage everything. That's so sage. It gets the ghosts out. Well, so looking at it a little bit more, and I asked a friend of mine about this. I was like, oh, I had this idea for a bad business idea, and it's going to be a sage stick, but for a smudge stick, but for uh, teenagers. But I seem to remember something about sage being uh, in this sort of process, the cleansing process, being uh, culturally culturally appropriated from Native Americans. Oh. And it turns out it is. So that's why I went to a Febreze. That's why I went to a candle. <laughs> and so I'm glad I had that conversation with her about it. But I'm like... I just and what one of the other issues is that we're apparently over harvesting sage. Oh. And so there's a shortage right now of sage or something along those lines. Um so it was really interesting to to hear about that because I always wanted more people to appropriate my cultural stuff when yeah. I was a kid cuz I never saw Greek stuff. Yeah. In the pop culture and the zeitgeist. Right? There were barely any time we had a Greek uh, actor out there like I remember the Greek community would always just kind of glom on that person yeah so, oh, you know he's Greek they all they go <laughs> Jennifer Aniston Greek Telly Savalas I knew Telly Savalas well let me ask you this Telly wow. Savalas I think is Jennifer Aniston's godfather that's an interesting connection too yeah. I, I want to know is Anthony Quinn Greek oh no because he played yeah. Zorba the Greek. Yeah. Right. Okay. Talk about cultural appropriation. Right. Right. I mean, that's that's the equivalent of Greek blackface right there. Well, no. I think you can, yeah. I mean, Joey, I would say that I will go on further. I think Joey Fatone playing a Greek guy 
in my big fat Greek wedding uh, is way worse. <laughs> there you go. Wait, wait, who were the real Greeks in that movie? Uh, the lead woman was... Um, yeah, Nia was, right? The Thea wasn't. The aunt was not. Rita, a famous comedian, played her. Right, right. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of... I remember telling my aunt that they were going to do a TV show, which was very short-lived. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she goes, yeah, she really liked the movie, but she goes, I just hope they don't embarrass us. <laughs> right. There you go. Well, guess yeah. what? Every culture has something to be embarrassed about. We should right. be celebrating them all, you know? Just appropriate my culture. If I could just get some yeah. more Spanakopita in every movie. You know something? I, I tell you the truth. I think we should get some uh, some AMC T-shirts. Appropriate my culture. Oh, I like that. Right. I mean, it's it's an, an invitation. Yeah. Let's because it's not really appropriation if it's given to you as a gift, is it? Right. So let's just be more generous with our cultures. Now, I want to be. I want to be clear that well, not that I want to be clear. I don't want to appropriate somebody's culture. I don't want to make fun of something. No. So it's not going to be like the bad business idea I had yeah. was going to be these teen sage sticks. Yeah. But I'm not going to do that. Um, and I'm not patting myself on the back by saying it. I just thought that was really interesting. I think that's awesome that you made that adaptation before somebody told you that you need to. Right. You know, I, I think I may have shared with you that I, I do keynote speaking and I used to have as a prop uh, an Australian bullwhip. An Australian bullwhip is a metaphor for change for me because the whole concept is if you want to get on the right side of change, you have to get on the handle side of the whip. If you're on the receiving end of change, you're on the uncomfortable side of the whip. Ooh, yeah. And then I would crack this whip in front of a live audience and explain what that sound is. When you crack a whip, it's actually the tip of the whip breaking the sound barrier. Yeah. So it's get going 740 miles an hour to, in order to make that sound, right? Uh, and so the point is... You really want to create change if you want to be a master of change. Well, what I was missing was the fact that this whip was offensive to a whole population in my audience. And I had this lovely African-American woman stop me at the end of that demonstration and say, I just wanted to share with you that I find your metaphor culturally painful. Uh, I don't think you understand the history that that tool in your hand has with my people. And I was did not expect that. Yeah. Right. Again, it was a cultural appropriation. It was, um, cultural, um, insensitivity. Yeah, to an extent. Yeah, yeah. Collision almost. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, but I had not thought of that. And the reality is I, I'm like, there are things like that that happen where I don't, but I immediately thanked her and then threw my bullwhip away in front of the audience. And the name of the talk I was doing was ready for anything. And the point was, uh, I wasn't ready for that. And yet uh, I wanted to respond in a way that would show people that I heard her and that I respected what she said and have not used that metaphor since. Yeah. Uh, and again, to your point of, you know, once you learn that it would make a population of people uncomfortable, that you've taken something that's relatively sacred to them and made it something less sacred, you know, there's a thing. And I took something that was hurtful to a group and made it something, uh, a, a fun metaphor. You know, and either way, we got to be sensitive to each other, but not so sensitive that we, that we damage each other when we make mistakes, because you could have actually gone out and had that bad business idea and gone full public with it and then had, you know, a thousand, a hundred thousand people exposed to that idea and draw all their interpretations of who you are from that. All I would say is we need to forgive each other and teach each other. 
you know, don't beat me over the head with it. Show me. And then I will do better just like you do, did better in, in response to that. It's like we're not perfect the first time, but if we help each other out, we can find a path. I think you have to assume that the person is open to hearing and receiving feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Because not everybody is. there might have been other people who thought that before this woman came up to you. Yeah. But because people are concerned about giving feedback, you never know how the person's going to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, they might think that they're, they might even think that their feelings are invalid mm. because, yeah. you know, no one else has said anything yet. Like this person is doing this. Um, but yeah, if, if you could do that, if you could take that first step and the person might not react well. Mm-hmm. Right. It's tough to take criticism sometimes, especially when it's something that you do for a living. Right. Well, even just to ask the question, it doesn't have yeah. to be a criticism just to say, have you considered this? Have you thought of this? Have yeah. you th- thought of th- how this might make some people feel? Hey, some people don't care. They're going to do it anyways because they like the metaphor. Yeah. It's cool to be able to crack a whip in front of an audience. Right. But uh, but my whole point is to connect with the audience. And and I think that's that's something we have in common. Is we're, we're trying to connect with people. And if we can do that with as little offense as possible, I think we're doing better. Although I still want to appropriate my culture. And when I say that, I, want, I mean mine. Yeah. I mean, take it. Take it from me. This confused Greek-Canadian backstory that I have. <laughs> you wait till you encounter that doppelganger in, in the wild. Right. It's not going to be so fun. It's going to oh, be Westworld yeah. all over again. Oh, it's just going to be us kind of pacing around each other like two jungle cats going, <laughs> no, no, you need to leave. <laughs> two jungle cats. Well, come on. I'm <laughs> Two good. two lemurs is more lemurs. realistic. <laughs> but I'd like yeah. to think jungle cats. Two jungle cats. Beautiful. <laughs> this is Nick, and that was your daily dose. I definitely don't say this enough. Bob is incredible to work with. His willingness to share stories like the one about the whip. It's especially meaningful to me since I spent so long trying to control my narrative trying to hide all the times I wasn't doing things 100% right. It's okay to have these faults and foibles, and it's okay to ask for help. Thank you so much for listening.